We are so elated to be here. It's another Saturday morning. Vault Talks Women Share. The radio show is in the air. A A A. I have some amazing people in the studio who I don't have in the studio this morning are my co-hosts. None of them are here. Gabby is excused. She's on a vacation, so I know that um, those Gabby fans out there are going to be missing her crazy humor, and hopefully she can catch this wherever she's at. Um... I forgot where she went. That's horrible. But I know she's on vacation enjoying herself. So right now it's me holding down the fort with my amazing people I got here in the studio. They're family, actually. I mean, I've been knowing one for, what, 18 years? And the other one, Sholo, how long have I been knowing you? Forever, ever. Yeah, for we're so We're soul sisters. We're soul sisters, (laughs) for sure. So, okay, so this Saturday, fourth Saturday, is always the focus is... um, He said, she said, they share, but we got a little twist for you. I don't know if you guys were listening. Um, Earlier this month, we started Church Unplugged. And so Church Unplugged is just a segment where we can be free and talk about church leadership and anything else that falls in that category. So it's pretty exciting. (laughs) Um, That's one of the reasons why my two guests are here. The other one is, of course, for he said, she said, they share. Um, It's been a moment since we've actually done that um so we're really happy to be able to bring that segment back it's one that's really important to us because we're able to just talk about and be free about relationships and what does that look like sound like smell like all that good stuff so and here comes queen mother of the south (laughs) southern bell jack in the box Good morning, everybody. My co-host, Keisha. She's in the building, officially. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so those of you who may be new to Vault Talks Women Share, thank you so much for taking time to tune in. Um, Vault Talks Women Share is a radio show full of empowerment. It's definitely a place where women can come together to learn more and share more about matters which pertain to their world. And it's even on this platform where women will be able to come and learn and share about fashion, love, relationships, current events. Um, business, entrepreneurship, support, and, of course, ways to be empowered as women. So one thing I want to make sure to mention, sometimes we get so excited about what we do here. We are horrible, and I say we because this is a joint effort, Isha. Yes. Yes. We... (laughs) I love how she agrees. (laughs) We are horrible at times about letting you guys know how to stay in touch with us. So on Instagram, you guys can follow us at vault underscore talks underscore women underscore share. And we definitely want to hear from you guys. If there's different suggestions that you guys may have about different segments we can bring to the show. Hey, if you want to be on the show... 
um, there is a, um, a screening process. We do run background checks and fingerprints and make sure that you are definitely cleared <laughs> to be on the air, you know, making sure that mental stability is there as well. Mm-hmm, we sure do. And so you can send an email to VTWS, which stands for Vault Talks Women Share, of course. So VTWS at Voss Internet. I'm sorry, V-O-S-I-N-T.com. One more again, because I'm excited. VTWS at Voss int.com all right isha what's going on with you besides we got baby boy in in the studio hi baby boy hey (laughs) oh isha's son is in the studio with us this morning he's here so i'm happy yes and he definitely has plugs in his ear so he won't be distracted nor tainted by the information (laughs) that we'll be sharing during the next 90 minutes (laughs) hallelujah amen glory be okay (laughs) what you got for us what how's your week been Oh, it's been interesting, Ooh, to say the least. Okay. I just got back this morning at like 1 o'clock. Drove oh. down to get him, so. Is he here for the summer? Yes. Yay! Yeah. Okay. All right, little man. We might have to have you on the air one Saturday. <laughs> you gonna be ready for that? Oh, he's ready. You look at that grin. He's like, yep, I got this. He got oh. all the jokes. He's a comedian. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Just like mama. Okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, All the yeah. jokes. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. So, brief introduction to who our guests are. Um, Jerome Johnson needs no introduction from me. None at all. But I'll give him one since he's here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jerome and I have been knowing each other. It will be 18 years in August. Can you believe that? Woo. Wow. Yeah. So, we grew up together. And if anybody knows, you really grow up when? When you take your tail to college. And so we grew up together when we went to college. I was the first one he ever drove a car with. Um, yeah, that's an interesting story in itself. A sister got pulled over and he had to drive on the way home because they took my license and so. <laughs> it was his first experience driving on the way home. So. we've been through a lot together so that's brother from another mother Mm -hmm. and excited to have him in the studio just because he's brother so i'm excited to hear what he has to share because he has a lot to share and then i got my other sister from another mother dr shola is a cool is in the building (laughs) i love me some shola shola walks in with such elegance and grace and then she drops that bomb on you that'll change your life forever ever. so just excited to have her in the building thank you for having me yes i told you this is home for you anytime all right so you ready for this quote isha uh, let's see <laughs> <laughs> we'll see go ahead and take a stab at that all right so the quote is good relationships don't just happen they take time patience and two people willing to face any obstacle thrown at them mm. Mm. one more time for the good people for the people in the back. For the people all the way in the back. <laughs> Good relationships don't just happen. They take time, patience, and two people willing to face any obstacle thrown at them. That's that's true. And it's it's a, a lot of times people don't really know what they're committing to when they're committing to a relationship. So it does take time, it does take patience, and you definitely have to be able to withstand things that are coming at you because they will come. Um, So, yeah, it just depends on if the person you're with is worth it. And that's the 
the big question at the end of the day. So, okay, I'm going to save my comments for last. I forgot how I go. Well, it's self-explanatory, right? Good relationships don't just happen and yada, yada, that's all true. But another thing we fail to realize is that when you're in a relationship with somebody, the relationship itself evolves and people evolve and change. Mm -hmm. People change. You know, I'm not the same person I was when I got married. Not at all. How long have you been married? 15 years. Okay. You know, so sometimes it's about looking at this person every day as a new person because you don't know what they've what they've gone through in terms of their own personal evolution, their own personal change, etc. And realizing the fact that, look, this person may change. You just hope that the evolution is for the better of both of you and the relationship. Mm. That's good. I got guessed. It's like coming from a non, I guess, romantic relationship um, standpoint. I would definitely have to say any kind of relationship will stand the test of time. You know, you look at me and Takara, 18 years. Um, it was a period of time where we didn't see eye to eye, but yet and still those situations helped build onto the friendship because mm-hmm. we went a period of time without talking. And then when we reconnected, it was just like, what was the reason behind us not talking? And, you know, we rectified that. But I would say any good relationship. Um, my grandmother used to always tell us, you know, if you have one good friend in your lifetime, you're a blessed person. But I have been blessed beyond measure to have, you know, real relationships with people that have stood the test of time, knowing that you can depend on them, call on them. But once again, that all comes through experience. It comes through trial and error. It goes through downfalls. It goes through, you know, over the rainbow yep. moments. So it's just like Man. just knowing the ins and out of a person, um, even in, you know, the romantic forms of relationship, knowing, okay, as you said, waking up to the same person, okay, they're, they're moody today. So it's like I've learned to, even in my friendships, love and understand and take the time, okay, you're moody today, so I know how to back up and give you space compared to being all in your face, being embraceive and everything. So it's like just learning the person, and that definitely builds on to um, the duration of the relationship. I was having a conversation with one of my friends this morning on the way here and um, was just sharing with her how... We have to be very mindful of who we're connected to and how we connect to them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes, especially as women, we're so excited to have some, I'm in a romantic relationship, I'll just say this, sometimes we're so excited to have that person where you're just like going full force going full force and you're not really taking the time to actually know who you are in this relationship and to know who you are outside of the relationship. Mm. And so in order to really be um, in a healthy relationship, you have to be in a healthy place with yourself. And um, that takes time. That Mm. takes patience. And um, then when you connect with somebody you know, you can allow for the work that you've done to get yourself to a place, even be um, appreciated the more when you connect with that person in a relationship. Um, and so for me, what I've learned, and I, sh- I freely share this, I have an amazing therapist that I started seeing last year. Um, you have to get to a place to where you're tired of the cycles. You're tired mm. of um, 
going around the mountain and not up the mountain and doing self-reflection to see what it is and stop placing blame on everybody else and looking at you and wondering why this isn't that. And it's not, and I think sometimes when people say, you know, self-reflection, it's automatically something that's bad. No, it just Mm -hmm. may be something that need to be changed and enhanced. So what I'm learning is perspective. That word has been um, one of my new words um, since about February or so. (laughs) Just Mm -hmm. understanding what that means and um, understanding that I have been changing my perception and my perspective and not even knowing it. So now that I know what those words mean, it's like, wow, I've really been doing the work to be a better person, not just for myself, but for those people that I'm in relationship with and understanding that your personality and the person that you've been created to be isn't a fit for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that is perfectly okay. <laughs> yes. And, you know, and not looking at yourself like what's wrong with me mm-hmm. because this person doesn't want to connect. It's more like what's right with you that you're not able to connect with such and such and such because, um, you know, I'll say this. If life was as easy as Facebook makes it, and I say that from the standpoint that you can get a friend one day and delete a friend the next. (laughs) If only. You know, if only, you Mm. know. So sometimes people come in, there's no sometimes, people come into your life for different seasons and reasons and understanding that um, once you do the work to figure out you, you know how to, appropriate people in your life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's a blessing in itself because that means that instead of having that revolving door wow god thank you i heard you you literally have the guard at the door Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with having a guard at the door because your life is so important and you are here for a purpose and so everybody can't be in your life yep so you know and that's and that's okay Yep. You know, and a lot of people are like, oh, you disconnected from so-and-so, or you think you better than them. No. (laughs) I'm just protecting my energy now that I understand that I was exuding so much and giving so much into a person, and it, for what? You know? So it's not to say that I'm a bad person or they're a bad person. Mm -hmm. It's just self-love if anything and understanding what self-love looks like you know a lot of people oh well self-love is giving yourself a mani and a pedi it's bigger than that Mm -hmm. (laughs) it is it's bigger than getting your hair done it's bigger than going on a shopping spree it's bigger than going on a vacation you know what are you doing to maintain a healthy mindset Mm-hmm. And that takes work, A, to acknowledge what you need to get rid of or what you need to work on, period. And so if you can't do that, you can't be in healthy relationships. One thing I've learned, um, not knocking anything you just said, but I had to learn in my 30s. I'm pushing my late 30s, but however. Don't remind I, me. Girl. I had to learn that, well, you know. I thought you were 25. <laughs> hey, ring the bell. No, but I had to just really realize that, you know, yeah, people um, see you, you know, the Facebook life, as you said, you know, getting yourself, you know, groomed, uh, haircuts and manicures and pedicures. But I don't consider that to be self um, or like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't consider that to be like, 
self-love taking it's care self-care. of yourself no it's self-care mm-hmm. self-maintenance so people are like mm-hmm. oh well, i'm because you're really not relaxing and taking yourself to a mental place when you're getting your nails because it's mm-hmm. you're constantly racing i gotta do this i gotta do that you yep. know and then yep. a lot of that stuff i know a lot of people are just doing this stuff just for the sake of their fans or the people that are following them but <laughs> it's not a peaceful place until you actually learn how to retreat and take your mind off of each and everything your uh, daily uh, life uh, and all of that. So it's just like you have to learn. Yeah, that's self-maintenance. That's not self-care. Because you're going to take care of yourself. That's just what you want to do. Yes, it makes yep. you feel good about yourself that moment. You know, because I'm a man. When I get my hair cut, you can't tell me nothing. <laughs> oh, but even at the end of the day, that's I had to learn that there was a difference between self-care, self-maintenance, and then that time to pull away to get myself that place of peace. Like, I just get in the car and drive sometime. Like, no destination. Like, let me just drive. And I drive an hour out of my way. But for me, no radio. I'm either communicating with God or either I'm just processing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. that's where I find peace. I don't find peace in sitting in a chair and letting someone touch my feet or, you know, get my hair. I mean, that's, that's, you have to learn. That's self-maintenance. So people are confusing that. Like, yes. yeah, I sit in a chair for 30 minutes. You know, someone's massaging my feet. They're painting my toenails. But you're not. That's that's self maintenance. It's not self reflection. It's not self care. It's a completely different yeah. thing. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. What you got, Jack in the Box? I mean, I agree with everything that he's saying. Um, a lot of times, we have to look at how we love other people. Wow. And then show ourselves that same thing. So we have a lot of deep feelings when it comes to our significant others and our children, and you know, that type of thing. So. If we can look inward and show ourselves the same type of love, so I'm going to do some positive self-talk today. I'm going to compliment myself today. I'm going to um, do something that I like to do, figure out whatever, connect with God, like whatever makes me happy, whatever makes me feel good. The same things that I'm doing for others. Let me do this for you because I know this will make you happy. Mm-hmm. And just turn that inward. And I think that that's the best way to um, really achieve self-love. And piggybacking on of what you said, self-compassion. How often wow. do we beat ourselves yes. up? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we subject ourselves to, I would say, words and thoughts that we would never do to anyone else. Yeah. You know, we, give, we cut others slack, but we don't cut ourselves any slack. Mm-hmm. We beat ourselves up. We feel guilty. And a lot of times we're even feeling guilty about things we don't control. Oh, my goodness, I feel guilty because I didn't do this or I didn't do that. What a horrible person I am. Mm-hmm. I was in this interesting conversation with somebody who said that, um, oh, her, um, something about the, um, her kids, their grades weren't good because she didn't have time to tutor them as she did before. That I feel, and she said, I feel so guilty. I said, well, first of all, you were going to work every day. Let's put it this way. It's not necessarily your job to tutor your kids and your, your, their low grades are not your fault. But here's, here's the wow. thing. Her kids got low grades. The first thing she did was retreat to guilt and self-blame. Why? Wow. Wow. Why? Wow. And it's not like you were just laying around. You were working so you could feed them kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So why do you feel guilty about these things you can't control? And we don't Woo! have self-compassion and we beat ourselves up and we're full of self-blame. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's something else that, you know, we need to be careful of how we talk to ourselves Absolutely. and extend ourselves uh, compassion. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, I, man. Dang, I'm going to amen myself. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I, I love <laughs> this woman here. I love having Shola around. You never know what she's going to do. <laughs> ever, ever. You are so unpredictable. <laughs> No, this is good. 
this is good. I mean, because I go back to what I said just about even how can we have good relationships with people if we're not good ourselves? Mm. And then also getting to the root of why we act the way we act. Mm. You know what? I can hear his voice and it's like, all right, I'm good. Hmm. So it's like I'm really working, being intentional. We talk about that a lot on the show. Yep. Being intentional about my emotions and the energy I give off mm-hmm. and just realizing that I'll never be perfect. However, um, we all have work to do. Period. Yeah. And, you know, and don't expect for people to be perfect and have more patience with people especially when you say you love them and you care about them and they're going through their thing and you're in the world with the whirlwind with them somebody's gotta have the mindset of let me pull you out yep you know and it's just interesting on how um, my relationships have changed a whole lot in the past year and it seems as if I'm attracting people who are on the same path yeah and it's so cool because normally I would attract people who were needy who always needed to be affirmed who hey how you doing but really didn't care about how you were doing it was more about how they were doing mm-hmm. how they were feeling and you know those people where when you're going through something you can't even reach out to them because mm-hmm. you know no, they're gonna you make gonna, it about themselves they're gonna make it about themselves <laughs> and so you know it was like okay i need to really do some work to reevaluate the relationships mm-hmm. based on me um understanding even the more where god is taking me and how has your quality of life changed oh my god mm-hmm. yeah, I, I oh my god <laughs> who we attract Huge. because who we are and what we put out there we get back yeah mm-hmm. so it comes with knowing and growing and evolving and knowing who you are that yeah. way you attract other people who are on that same journey okay this is what you know, this is who I am. This is what God purposed me for. Everybody is not chasing after God's yep. purpose. They're just Say not. that. They're chasing after, you know, the fake butts and the new bags, <laughs> or, you know, whatever. And that's what they're, you know, that's their thing. Did you really say I that? I did. I mean, my butt automatically thought about Sir Mix-a-Lot. My bad. I was listening to that song last night. <laughs> <laughs> went there like that's the song i'm singing in my head i mean that's what it doing is doing the dance and everything and if that's what you like <laughs> then that's fine but i can't relate so you and i we might not be able to do too much together but and i mean i respect your choices and that's where the separation comes in um mm. it all once again traces back to the mind um the mindset of knowing um Doing the will of God at times is going to require sacrifices. And we think, yep. oh, it's going to ret- sacrifice this, that. But we never really take into consideration that's, that the sacrifices are going to be some friendships. It's going to be some connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I can go back to college um, years when I know <laughs> God was telling me to do certain things. And it was like people I know I had to let go. But it was yep. just like me feeling as if um, wow. I'm a friendly person. I am. Mm-hmm. I'm social. I thrive off of relationships. I drive, you know, thrive off of connections and everything. Mm-hmm. And 
like I said, I didn't take into consideration, oh, it's going to take a sacrifice. I would hear these words, but I was thinking, oh, yeah, it's going to take some money. Oh, it's going to take some of my time. It's going to take some commitment in certain areas. But I didn't really focus on the point. Yeah, some some people are not allowed to see your journey. They're not allowed to see you sweat. They're not allowed to see your backstory until God releases you to tell them, okay, this is A, B, C, D, E, F, G. But, yeah, and still they can't see you because... A, I believe that it will water down A, your your witness, your testimony, Ooh, because everyone wait. can't see you at that down point in the journey. Yes, so yes. it's just like you have to learn. Like, yeah, some people are, and it's a saying, it's a quote. You know, some people, some people will be with you a lifetime, a reason. Yeah, and yeah. I've even learned to um, not being super spiritual or deep. Like when I get into you know situations where I don't like people, people don't like me. I, I've learned to ask, what is it about this person, is it something that they have or they possess that I want? Or is it something that I can learn from them? Because sometimes we we pervert in a non-sexual way mm-hmm. relationships that God has entered. Uh, you know, because wow. we're supposed to learn from people, but yet still, if we're not careful, we become envious of their gift. We can become envious Ooh. of what they have. Yep. When all we really supposed to do is just be submissive and sit and learn from them right. wow. so we can yes. go to the next level. So it's, I mean, that segue right into, you know, the whole, the, the church aspect because we, we, <laughs> we have on. those things. Yes. Oh you know, Come it, on. We're supposed to learn from people, but yet yes. it's still, we get too comfortable yep. with them till we become envious. Oh, I want what they have, but yet it's still, mm-hmm. once again, that whole journey piece, so you don't know what they went through Man. to, to get, get what there. they have. Exactly. So exactly. you have to learn, like, even when those, like, man, when friction come, okay, is what's what's the lesson to be learned here, so here. I don't have yes. to go through this process yes. all over again? Takara yeah. knows me so for true. years, and there was this one situation where it was someone I did not get along with until I really realized, what's what am I to learn from this person? Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it once again, it created cycles. Me and this person just kept, and I was like, there's a lesson to be learned here. And the lesson was how to treat and talk to people. Mm. It took us five years to get it together. Now we're really, you know, we connect, we communicate. But that first, that them, them five years, it was like, man, dude, I want to punch you in your face. Mm. You know, but now, <laughs> like, you know, it, and uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Th- but that's where it was. I had to learn, okay, there was something that I needed to learn from you. Mm-hmm. Let me learn that Ooh-wee. lesson so I can move on. Yeah. And it seemed like as soon as I learned that lesson, everything fell back in place, and now right. I'm back in Chicago. Yeah. So it's like, man, if you kept me in, you know, that place I wanted to leave for, just for me to learn this lesson, mm-hmm. the lessons learned, and now I still apply those lessons, but you just have to learn, like, in situations that, yeah, it's something I don't like about you, but it's something that I, I may need from, from you. Right. So. so you guys are talking two sides of the same coin, because you talked about how there are some relationships that don't need to be in your life. And, you know, you have to be discerning and be able to know that, yeah, okay, this is time for this to go. Yeah. And you're talking about how sometimes all you need is some conflict resolution mm-hmm. and the relationship yes. can still flourish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that's, that's about life. Every situation doesn't have just one answer. No, no, mm-hmm. no. Yep. Wow. Isha, what you... <laughs> it's supposed to be. Yes. But I think... Um... Both both sides of that coin are difficult to deal with because, yes. you know, you have this close friend and then we fall out or, you know, this person that we just can't seem to get it together. It takes work to put mm-hmm. your emotions and yourself yeah. aside mm-hmm. and say, look, I'm going to resolve this yeah. with this person. Yeah. yeah. Because I could go for I don't know how long without speaking to somebody. 
And it's just like, even in church. Yeah, I'm petty. And it's just like. <laughs> I walk right past you. Speak to everybody around you yes. and walk right past you. Like, hey, hey, everybody. Oh, oh not you, though. <laughs> I've done it. I had that happen to me and it was so disconcerting. I was like, oh, okay. You walk, you said hello to everyone. And you I mean, it's, me. the tension is obvious. And mm-hmm. then it's just like, but we mm-hmm. won't speak on it. Like, yeah. we'll, we'll dance around it, but we won't say anything about yeah. it. And yeah. it takes a lot to remove yourself out of the situation and say, okay, I'm going to do the work to figure out what's the issue here. Mm. A lot of times people don't deem those people valuable or think that Mm. I can't learn from Mm -hmm. you or you have anything for me. You're just put here to be my enemy. Wow. Wow. That's never the case. I don't think with anyone. Like, we're not here to, okay, this particular person is for you to hate. Like, this your one hater or this is your one enemy. Mm -hmm. You know, so, I mean, it, it does take a lot of work. Yeah. yeah, to resolve conflict or even want to get to that place to want to do it, and I mean for all the petty it, people, it's gonna take a minute. <laughs> it definitely does. And you said something that really, like you know, yeah, you have been assigned here to be my enemy, or something along those lines. And I just think about wow, how, wow, how we focus this energy on building onto that negative mm-hmm. more so than literally just trying to fix what the problem is. Yeah. You said like, okay, I would literally use the energy that I have to walk past you. I'm thinking about it now. It's self-reflection. <laughs> yeah. I would literally use this energy to walk, to walk right past you and speak to everybody else and be petty than just to pull you to the side. I know that's one of the things in the Bible. It tells us if you have a you know, problem with mm-hmm. your brother, you pull yeah. them to the side. Yep. So therefore, I'm adding on to my negative yeah. Just to, you know, build onto that negative energy instead of just, oh, look, this is the issue. We may not ever speak again after this, but let's address this for what it is. We don't have to be best friends. We don't have to go out to eat. We don't need to go to Starbucks. We don't need to do none of that. But Mm -hmm. let's rectify this issue and move on. If we both decide as a unit that we're not going to communicate, guess Mm -hmm. what? I'll feel more comfortable walking past you knowing that you don't want me to speak to you more so than me walking past you and wanting to speak. Yes. Yes. Yikes. So this is like, you know, and and once again, it takes way to the whole Unchurch, unplugged. Like, come on here, let's go, yeah, let's go. I would rather be petty and be an a hole to you more so than <laughs> actually walking in that healing and deliverance that's actually supposed to be what we go to church for. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. come on, let, yeah. let's stay right yeah. there. Let's so stay right it's there. It's like, yeah, you know, you're you're, you're chasing. I mean, we're human. We're, we're, we're uh-huh. actually constantly or chasing the wrong things. Like, yeah, I, I, mm. I want to be petty. I want to be in my flesh, but yet and still. Who's benefiting from it at the end? Because, A, we're all on the same team. We're all on the same field. We're supposed to be fighting the enemy, not each other. So right. that inward, that inward, once again, self-inflicted issues are preventing us from doing what we're supposed to do. If, I mean, children. I work with children for a living. But even immature people in Christ can see when there's tension. Yeah. Like a child. They can yeah, tell when parents are attention mm-hmm. without the... You can sense those things. So yep. therefore, you're, 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 you know, you have these moments in our church. I'll hug a, a, new, a new person, someone you don't know or a visitor. Yet it's still, I'm petty. I'm it'll be acting a fool walking past people. But yet it's still, when it's time to hug a neighbor, hug someone you don't know, oh, dang, I'm being fake because I'm not being real. I'm not mm. being authentic. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we're, we're doing things out of routine. We're doing things out of obligation. Yeah. But yet it's still, is, is our hearts really in it? Mm. See, that's the reason why. <laughs> Come on. And they were like, touch your neighbor, hug your neighbor, you know, all that type of stuff. Pastors, I don't know if they teach that in like seminary, <laughs> seminary school or whatever, but they all do it and it makes people uncomfortable. And then people get offended when you don't participate. Why are you forcing me to be fake? If I really want to embrace this person next to me genuinely, let, let that happen mm-hmm. like organically. Don't yeah. force me to... 
Because that's not, that, that wasn't in my heart to do. And mm-hmm. now you're making me do it. Like, I think a lot of church culture is like tradition and culture, mm-hmm. and it's like a production almost. Mm-hmm. Oh! And it's oh. just, it's a show. And then we go there, we participate. Okay, this is what we do first, this is what we do next. And instead of just like letting things happen mm-hmm. organically, it's I a mean, system. Yeah. I mean, I was taught, and once again, um, I don't share this much, but I was, <laughs> do I say I once was or I am licensed and ordained minister? Um, so I've been through the ropes. Like, mm-hmm. I've been through the whole, once again, the backstory of things and, you know, the upfront. And it's not a pretty story. No. It's not because. <laughs> You have to learn, have that mindset that the church is just like a hospital. hospital. Mm. Anybody mm-hmm. can come in with any kind of sicknesses, yep. any attitudes, yeah. backgrounds. Yep. You don't know those things. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And but e- yep. it also equates to being an educator. Like, I, I've learned so much. This is my going to my fifth year. Um, I learned so much this past year about myself and how I am to communicate with those that I serve because even at the end of the day teaching is a service you yeah. know you're you're giving over your time and all this other good stuff but it's not what you say it's how you say it mm-hmm. um children have feelings just like you know Christians everyone has you know their 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 triggers it goes back to that trigger mm-hmm. thing and you don't know what it takes for people to get where they are like mm-hmm. you don't know yeah you walk in the door to church service at 10 a.m. but there was three hours before me walking to the church at 10 a.m. where I had to cuss my kids out. Right. Um, someone hit my car. You don't never know. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you say certain things, you have to be careful because that one thing can literally turn people off from church. Yes. Yeah. So it's like you have to be yeah. careful how you embrace and, and say things. Like, you know, I always think about this is one church I will never attend again because the way that their ushers were set up when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Spit the gum out. Walk over here. Whoa, whoa. Excuse me? Like, mm-hmm. this is not your own personal house. Don't talk to me like that. Exactly. You know, it's just like that. But going before that, like, it, what did I go through to allow that to trigger me? Mm-hmm. Like, I had a rough day, whatever. But, you know, by you doing what you did, that just turned me off. And I was like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. You know, so this is like just the whole, just knowing what to say, when to say, how to say it, it goes a long oh, way. Wait. And it takes a lot of discernment and it takes a lot of love. How many churches have forgotten that Jesus didn't just come didn't come to start a religion. He came to teach us how to love each other. Mm-hmm. If you don't love people, it will eventually spill out in some way or form. Jesus. Jesus. You have to if you call yourself a Christian or a churchgoer or whatever, you you have to love people. Love is the primary thing. And love is, it's because you love people that you'll value them. It's yeah. because you love them that you'll respect them. It's because you love them that you'll be sensitive to them. Mm-hmm. You see, all those things, if love is the basis, and if all those things, if love isn't there, all the rest of it won't be there. And then what happens? Church just becomes a place where one person has a bunch of power to order people around to do their bidding or whatever. You see, you need love. Networking, networking. Uh-huh, exactly, that too. You know, networking. It's, you need love. Love is the primary thing. It's love that's going to hold you back from, you know, speaking uh, a, a certain way to someone. And it's love that's going to make you sensitive to see somebody. I remember one day I was walking into a church, which will be, remain unnamed. And I saw this woman. 
she had, uh, I think, three children and a mother, and they were struggling, so she tried to park her car so she could get everyone. And these were three small children. She was trying to get her mother out, her children out, the baby. Imagine three small children. So you're talking about children beyond the age of six. And I parked my car like somewhere off because like, well, my kids can walk around, so I park far away. And as I approached, I saw people, especially men, sorry to say, walking past this woman who was struggling with her mother, a car seat, a stroller, a baby bag, and three children. How did we? And I looked and I said, how did we get here? People are walking past this woman. They're just walking past young, young, old, and and able-bodied, strapping young men who I would expect that, oh my goodness, the first thing you would do is stop and say, can I help you? So, you know, I approached and, you know, said to my kids, let's take some of these things and all that. But, but because I was approaching from a long way, I'd seen these people passing and I was like, what in the blinkety blink is going on here? <laughs> if you can't love people at that basic level, mm-hmm. as in, I see you carrying five things and three children and I can't help you take one. Sorry. I'm not going to walk into that building and believe that anybody in there can love me. Mm, Once again, it's that perception. It's what, what, what's put off. Like I was raised to, if you see stuff like that, you do it. And I'm not saying this because I'm here, but I I would definitely run to the rest. Oh, okay. I see you. Or I sent someone over there. But I mean, the thing is that that could have been her turn off moment. If you wouldn't have came like, okay, why even, Bother. Why even bother to go in when clearly it's a struggle to get in? And that I'm a firm believer that things happen in the natural that, you know, can equate to things that happen in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah, you have people the same way that's dealing things spiritual. They're balancing so much stuff just to get mm. in church. And it's like you see so many spiritual people, quote unquote, mm-hmm. walking past. Mm. And not saying mm. anything, not mm. helping. Not helping, not saying anything, not doing anything and watching the brother or the sister flounder or. Yeah. Or collapse. So that's the flip thing because it goes back. And, you know, I'm not bashing the church uh, at all, but that's why it's important that you get yourself actually in a Bible-believing church, first of all, and then have your own relationship with Christ because the church will lead you to a lot of self-inflicted, once again, situations. Mm. Situations and issues that are not really issues and situations because, oh, the church taught me to believe this, the church taught me to believe that. I mean, because even at the end of the day, God gives conviction. Not yeah. your pastor. Yeah. And really? if I'm not convicted about certain things, does that, does that mean that it's right or not right? No, it doesn't. But, you know, God convicts you of mm-hmm. those certain things so you can change. He can change you. But yet yep. still, churches have you feeling a certain way about certain things. That's why so many people have been turned off from the church. I know, me personally, once again, um, mishandled, if you will, um, had some issues with my leadership. This was years and years ago to the point that I left the church. I left completely, not only the building, but I left the whole organization. I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm done I, with I don't organized, believe. I'm done with I, I, organized I don't religion. Believe. And I left literally um, for like a year and a half, almost, um, almost two years. Like mm-hmm. I literally became this. I was this, so mad when he left. Because, Why? I mean, I know, like, <laughs> I know, or, um, I knew I, what I was capable of bringing to ministry or, mm-hmm. you know, the kingdom of God, if you mm-hmm. will. And I've allowed or I allowed at that time situations and struggles and what you, you know, you name it mm-hmm. to just really pull me away. Because I was like, you know, I got tired of the church, the leadership condemning me and throwing, you know, stones at me doing all this when 
the God that I'm serving, mm-hmm. the God that I talk to daily, isn't doing isn't, that. isn't beating me up about this. Yes. Stuff. So it's just like I felt like, oh my God, like it, it was overwhelming, overbearing. I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm sick. I'm done. I left the ministry. I left church. I left organized religion. I left it all mm-hmm. to the point that I felt, you know, that there was no need. And I did not pray. I didn't do. I literally worked like four jobs. She could tell you I had four jobs at one time. So I purposely made up in my mind, oh, I'm going to have all these jobs because if someone asked me to go to church, now nah, I have to work. And it wouldn't be a lie. Mm. So I, I found reasons to justify my oh lies my God, or my right. truth or embrace how I felt about church at the time. You know, and but thank God, you know, I found one day was sitting there and found my current pastor online. My friends would talk about it. I would visit all this other stuff and was begin to stream and it's like, you know, okay, yeah, I'll stream it. I'll stream it. And then found like one of the words he said that one Sunday literally changed my life. Like, it's not really about you. Mm. It's not really about the people. It's about me. And I'm like, dang, okay, got it. And you know what? I went into a repentance stage, you know, like, okay, God, I apologize. I'm sorry. But that's when my whole heart towards organized religion changed. Mm. Um, like, it really is about your own personal relationship with God. And That's, it goes back to yeah. what we were saying at the beginning um, about how any relationship, you get out what you put in. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not putting anything, I can't um, expect to get anything in return. So therefore, like when I wasn't praying or wasn't doing what I know I was supposed to be doing, there was a return on investment. God was like, oh, no, I'm not going to release stuff when you're not at the place to receive Jesus. it. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I had to learn um, a forgiveness. Yes. In which that's a whole nother area that yep. the church really Ooh. don't talk about. Like, yes. you know, forgiveness. Yes. I first of all, you have leaders out there that um, won't or don't address their wrong. Nope. They oh, don't. No. Right, where's the they don't. They don't. They don't. And yeah. they never will. They never um, will because they are um, not self-aware. Yeah. Well, they're self-aware. Or they're self-aware. They don't want to lose their church. Yeah. And then they hit you well, with that scripture, that touch not my prophet. Touch <laughs> not my anointed. <laughs> anointed. Yeah. Do my oh, not. No, no. We good because you, you are you really anointed. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that's another question. Oh, my. Um, oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my. My story was similar to yours. Yeah. Um about the, my yeah, my church, I would say, evolution. Um, but mine was a bit more, I would say, kind of, well, I don't want to say more harsh, but a series of personal attacks over years um, by mm. church leadership that got me to a point where one morning I woke up and I thought to myself, and I haven't shared this, obviously, publicly, that I would self-harm if I had to go to church this morning. Mm. And that that was the point where I was like, oh boy. Then, so there was, of course, Shala the me. Then Shala the coach was like, hey, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. If you're thinking of doing this so that you don't go, then don't go. Mm. And that was it. I was like, I ain't doing this no more. And I lay down in my bed and that was it. So it was like a, you know, sudden thing. But this was, like I said, it was over because of a series of personal attacks over the years from the leadership that... Just, um, and then, you know, from, so I was in leadership, but not. So I was kind of in that 
Show, outer that's a whole circle. Nother, that's a whole nother show. I need to be uh-huh. writing these down. So forgiveness <laughs> and leadership. Check, yes. check. We're so I was in leadership, but not so you're expected to be the example and mm. this and that. But you're get, getting these series of personal attacks that are being unaddressed. Because if you try to address them, guess what? You're going to get sat down. The leadership, mm. exactly. And the, then they come out with more attacks. So it, was, it, was too, it got to a point where it literally, for a year... Up to the time I left, I would dread going to church. Like, get up in the morning and be like, <sighs> probably up to two years. And it was so bad. And I was covering this up with the mask. And I would go to church and I would dance and I would, you know, and everything. And I was the pastor's wife. And I had to do everything properly because, but one day I just broke, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Broken people still sitting in the church. Yeah. The pastor's wife on the front row every day. She's mm-hmm. waiting all over her face, but she won't say. You go to church, you sing a few hymns, and in an hour you go home. Mm-hmm. All this super involved. And then, I, you know, when I got to, through my teenage years, I really got into God and everything. But it was more sort of fellowship, like oh, all of us are equal in God. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a word to give, I have a word to give, da, da, da. So that was kind of the style. Mm-hmm. So, you know, coming after, you know, growing up, da, 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 now my grown-up church, and it's like, oh, my goodness, is this, this is weird, you know. And... Then no one wants to address anything with you head on, but somebody will be on the pulpit talking about a situation that you know it's you they're talking about. Oh, my God. Fighting oh you from God. the pulpit. Why do pastors Woo-wee. pastors need to not my fight God. people from the pulpit? Man. You know, people need oh to be my. brave enough oh my. Oh to my. sit people down. So if I have, like you said, if I have an issue with you, instead of walking past you and going and... <clears throat> I sit you down, hey, bro, I need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. But instead, what do I do? I go to the pulpit and I, sh- and I fight you from the pulpit, pretty much. So having, wow. do- having had that done for a year in, year out, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I-, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. yeah. Serving. I'm still, um, oh, I'm still in a church, by the way. So mm-hmm. disclaimer, oh, I-, I still go to church. <laughs> I am now. <laughs> but just and, somewhere else. <laughs> and to be honest, I, I have friends, and Takara can tell you, um, some people are shocked that I actually serve in ministry again at the capacity that I'm serving mm. at because I equate my story to, yes, I had that whole, if you want to call it spiritual, sabbatical, if you will, for a year and a half. Yeah. And then I, I come to a big church in Chicago where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to hide. I'm going to go in. I'm going to get the <laughs> word. And I'm going to go home. And that's it. That's kind of the um, state I'm in now. <laughs> so, yeah, that didn't last long. Mm. Um, and it's ironic because um, it was a nine-month period. However, I always just... Like laugh about that, but it was a nine month period where I did that before I um, decided to sign up for this group that they were having at the church, and then it just like domino effect to the place I'm at now. But mm-hmm. I could honestly say I had that moment where I hated church, I hated ministry, I hated everything. But that one um, sermon, if you will, um, got me back to where I needed mm. to be. Mm. But prior to that, before I left the ministry, like I said, I. I served out of a place. And it's a dangerous place to serve when you serve out of obligation. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's like your heart's not yes. in it. Not in it. But no. you're serving because this is what's expected, expected of, of you. Yes. Or if you and, don't do it, somebody yeah. will say something. And then, you know, on a, on, on serving 
out of a place of obligation, but yet and still, as you were saying, you will hear these sermons. They were titled. They were geared <laughs> towards you and your and your 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 people. That clearly that's not comfortable at the ministry, but yet and still, it's just like these things. And if you're not careful, you sit there and you take it, you take it, you take yeah. it. And there was. I want to say stuff without getting to, because pe- some people that are listening probably will know exactly who I'm talking about. But you will have these meetings about me, invite me in, say what you need to say, and then, oh, we'll have a meeting in two weeks, and you can tell me how you feel. How you, as a leader, mm. allow yourself, your team, to pour trash on someone and tell mm. them, you have two weeks to tell me or two weeks to process. That, that, that's a lot. Mm, mentally yeah especially going back to if you're struggling with being a people pleaser mm-hmm. also you're dealing with beating yourself up right so you have these three different components i have this trash honestly this is my right hand to god i was to the point where i was i know if you commit suicide we're taught if you commit suicide you're doomed to hell you know because you took your life but it was to the point I was standing in worship raising my hand saying god if you would take my life right now mm. i would be happy that's so sad. And it, it, that, that's a sad that's, place to be in because I was mentally, because I knew I was aware, I was conscious. You know, I had the conviction of if you committed suicide, this is the downfall of it. Mm-hmm. But I was still at that point of hurt, not understanding that once now, you know, that the anointing comes with the cost, the journey. Mm-hmm. It gets you because I know now how to a, treat people, how yep. to respond to people. I yep. know those things now. Yep. But when I was in the middle of that storm, it was like, God, take me. I'm not cut out for this. I don't want it. Yep. And that was another reason why I left because the church is so, is so quick to pour negative and conviction mm. and everything on you when it's not their place. Yes. You're supposed to walk me through my healing, walk me through my deliverance, walk life on life with me to get me to that place mm, where I can mm-hmm. pull someone else. But yet and yep. still, and you're pushing everyone, me down yes. and treat everyone with honor. And now I'm going to say this as a disclaimer. Not all churches. Not, right? Yeah, definitely yes. not, not all, all churches. churches. Not let's all say, churches. Let's yes. say that. Let's say that. Because let's, let's make that clear. clear we're not church bashing. No, nope, not, not at all. all churches. And we're not speaking from a place of hurt. We're, place, we're speaking from a place of experience. Yes, that, exactly. That needs to be said. And exactly. if you need to have a scripture reference, we're going to use, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Because yes. I'm a firm believer. If you do not share, Talk about you're it. holding it into yourself and yep. you're reliving it. So yep. we're overcoming right it. now yep. in the form of conversation. Exactly. And my, my current pastor will say, tell about it, talk about it. You know, so it's good to, it is good to share your story. It you is know. because you're taught not um, to. Yeah. Yes. You and know. that's where the mask come in. We yeah. can talk about the math, but you know, you have people out here, and I think you said it best. You know, you have people out here that are broken, that are hurt, and I'm a firm believer from experience hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Yes, because even in my state of serving out of obligation, people will ask me questions, those that I were really close with, and I would lash out, Oh, this is this, and this is that, and they're like, Whoa. Whoa, what <laughs> where, where did that come But yet and still, I felt as if I was in that place of comfort that I can talk to them about everything. And, you know, I I was, you know, I'm grateful for that village that I had. Um, and I look back like I really didn't take advantage of that because I probably wouldn't have had that period away. But 
I'm grateful that I did actually have that period away because sometimes we're so quick to try to fix the issue and problem in the midst of it instead of removing ourselves. Mm. And it's best to remove yourself, be yeah. outside of looking and say, okay, this yes. is where I went wrong because yeah. I know now, yes, I allowed you to mishandle me. I yeah. allowed you to misuse exactly. me because, because it's I was the sides. one that couldn't say no. Yeah. So it's like, I can't get mad at you for throwing stuff at me. Do this, do this, do this when I do never took the no. time to mm-hmm. say no. I was like, oh, yes, yes, yes. But I was like, being that yes man, but yet and still, I realized that I was taking on more, which built resentment. Burnout. <laughs> burnout, and <laughs> you name it. So it was like, it was a lot. Like, okay, yeah, it was a lot of it. I had 50%, and I can own that now. That Yes. Yeah, I was at that burnout place, but yet and still, by you treating me the way that you treated me, didn't help the mental state or um, state that i was yeah, in yeah. yeah yeah i think with that it's like it's damned if you do damned if you don't yeah. because if i say yes and i'm taking on all this thing like you said i get burnt yeah. out if i say no you're the bad person i'm yep. the bad one and i have all this guilt on me mm-hmm. so it's just like we have to kind of break it down at the source and really figure out why why are you putting all this on people forcefully mm-hmm. you know why are you not letting things happen you know as they should if I have this certain gift or talent, okay, if you recognize it, you come to me and say, look, I recognize you have this. I think you would be good doing this. Mm-hmm. Think about it. If not, you know, that's fine. The church will still go on. You can still be a member here. But mm-hmm. consider this. But they make it make you feel guilty for not wanting to participate. Yep. You should be doing this. You should be serving in some capacity if you're at church. And it's just like. I was well, heading three units at one point. And you're broken. She and said you're not three. really. <laughs> oh <laughs> no she said three she got off easy drum. Yeah. <laughs> i literally ran the ministry i did everything she could tell you i did i went from it was some sundays i would open the church and she could tell, i would open the church yeah drive the church van yeah try to be back to sing praise and worship yeah and the choir yep help count the money yeah take the people home yep come back and close the church i literally was the seven to three person. That's abuse. Every Sunday. Sorry. That's abuse. I mean, and this is <laughs> this is good conversation because I think a lot of times with and we t- we talked about this briefly when we first kicked off this segment. We talked about church hurt and people are quick to say that you know, that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, when actuality it does. And one thing is is that, you know, I never understood. I was having a conversation with someone this week. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm shifting the topic just a little bit. All right. So I want to get your guys' perspective on sowing. So Sowing. Sowing okay. seeds. Okay. So you hear this word, <laughs> on time word, and then it's attached to sow a $33 seed. Sow a $39 seed. So... Is the seed gonna make the word come forth after the word's already been released? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that. Mm. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> it's it can be a heavy it, topic. It I is mean, a heavy. Okay, so let me let me share a little bit more. Okay. So from coming from the perspective of being an administrator at a church for some years, and dealing with the behind the scenes and the honorariums mm-hmm. and you're seeing how much a guest speaker is coming in and being they, there they, yep. and they're talking about you're going to split half the offering 
And then they raise the offering and they talk about 15 of you uh, will sow a seed uh, $49. And and then they counting the people and seeing who's sowing. And in the back of your mind, you know that there's an honorarium on the table. Mm -hmm. So is this seed really... Okay. okay. A seed. Y'all are like, let's talk. Let's be real. Let's 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 talk about this. So grateful for mm-hmm. experience being actually on both sides. With I, you know, work administration as well, knowing that there's honorariums, there's um, you know, contracts and all that stuff. Um, learning and knowing sometimes, you know. I know church is a business. I mean, mm-hmm. they still have lights. They still have gas. Yep. They still have, you know, things need, that they need, need to right? take mm-hmm. care of. Yeah. So, I mean, me personally, I, I pray before I give. I know I give yes. my tithes. Yes. I give my tithes. And that's what's required of me. I give that. And, you know, and if I have it, I give it. Like, I, I mean, I know because I know <laughs> the flip side of things that you don't want to go into red. I mean, because what... Truth is, what if yeah. you want to go into your church one Sunday and the lights are off? That exactly. is bad no. business practice. That's I mean, bad. it is, yes. and it is a business. So I mean, it's a place that you, you know. So I, I've learned to pray. Like when some people have these hundred dollar lines, I'm like, okay, God, um, uh, okay, I got it, but do I really want to give? You know, and I know just the scriptures, um, and we're teaching. Actually, we taught. Uh, we're teaching, teaching on the sea at our youth ministry about you know st- oh. sowing. Onto stony ground, thorny ground, um, good soil. So it's like you have to pay. Like, what am I sowing into? Like, mm-hmm. like what's the? And I understand sometimes you sow according to your faith. Um, yeah. And you know, you hit a great word, and you know, sometimes you're inspired. Your spirit convicts you. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and give. Yeah. But sometimes you just don't have that. So it's like mm-hmm. I say, give out of your. Pray about it. Give out of your life. If you know you're lacking, you don't have the money, and God is literally pulling for you to give this $25 seat, oh, go ahead and give because the flip side of it, you never know. Like, you know, God is probably going to have someone step up behind you at the grocery store and cover your groceries, or someone's going to pay for your meal. I've been in situations like that where I gave my last because, you know, I felt the Holy Spirit prompting me to do that, and God blessed me in you a whole other way. felt the Holy Spirit prompting. Yes. So, yeah, the, it, it, it's a difference <laughs> in just giving out of, once again, getting out of an obligation because I've been. Yeah. In ministries where they say, when I call this line, you better stand in this line. I was like, what mm-hmm. if I ain't got it? No, you need to be in this line. So yep. I went in a negative set, you know, mm-hmm. in a dark house because I was giving for revivals $100 a night. And I'm like, no, nah, I ain't got it. But it's like, you're my front line. You're supposed to be supportive when, you know, you were. You yeah, know, if you don't have it, you don't have it. Line. Right. So my perspective on this is God will not ask you to give what you don't have. Mm-hmm. Okay. God is a father, first of all, mm. not a pimp. Ooh-wee. God is a father. So if we all hear our perspective is, you know, Christian, we believe God is our father. God will not ask you to give what you don't have. Now, mm-hmm. people will do what people will do because, you know, like you said, it's a business. They need money. Maybe these are their fundraising methods that they've learned. Okay, you know, um come out, I'm going to call, there are going to be 10 people, I'm going to give $500, da-da-da-da-da, and you need to come out and give. I'm going to, you know. If some people, those are there, I call them just, I just call them fundraising methods, really, because that's what they are. You're trying to get money mm-hmm. <laughs> to run your business. And again, like you said, church needs money. They have to pay staff, they have to pay the mortgage, they have to pay the yeah. lights. And I have no problems contributing 
to a building where I come in and sit down every time the lights are on, the heat is on and all that. But don't tell me that if I give X amount of money, God is going to do X for me. How do you know? Yeah. How do you know? Don't use God as like some kind of superstitious cuckoo thing that, oh, if you give $100 today, God is going to return to you a hundredfold. Or you can't tell somebody what God is going to do in their life if they give the amount of money because mm-hmm. you don't know. You're not the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You see? So that's, I have a problem with people using um, giving as a way to guilt people into giving things that they don't have or people will give and then they come to me yeah please lend me some money to pay this bill (laughs) and i'm like dude really you know or emotional givers you know because there are some people who once they hear that oh this is you know we need this so come or either they hear we the needs or they hear god will bless you if you give But here's the thing. God blesses because he loves us. We can't buy God. There's no amount of money. Yes. You can't buy God. So, or people say things like, if you give to this preacher, you're going to connect to the anointing. That is not in the Bible. That is her- heresy. If you give to this preacher, you'll connect to this anointing. That means all the preachers I've given to, I should have connected to. That's not how you, you connect to the anointing. The, first of all, what's the anointing? The Holy Spirit. You connect to the Holy Spirit by faith. Fine. A preacher may bring a word and make you see things differently in a certain way, etc. And the Bible does say that we should give to people who bless us spiritually out of our material things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you make it a manipulative tactic, you see, that's the problem. I have no problem giving any amount of money to a church that, oh, to help the church do, you know, they do programs, they do outreach, they do things for the the poor. You know, people come to preach and, you know, you want to pay them a nice money so that, you know, but to say, oh, well, you know, you don't give because the church needs money. You're giving because if you don't, you know, God will bless you if you give. No, God will bless me whether I give or not. Yes. <laughs> yes. God doesn't need my money. God is not so tiny. And God isn't a pimp right. that he needs my money to go to an organization for him, the father of heaven and earth, who owns a cattle on a thousand hills, to bless me. Right. That's mm-hmm. not how it works. Mm-hmm. So that means what? That means that if I couldn't give anything, that means I'm doomed. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case, right? I won't give less. Yeah, I you think know? if they present it in such a way to where, okay, if you say give because we need to pay the light bill or give because we need to put on I would program, rather people did that. You know, yeah. that you're a part of. If you yeah. present and be honest mm-hmm. with people, I think they'll be even more willing to Yeah, give. exactly. But you're not going to tell me if I don't, then my blessings are not going to come. Aha, uh-huh, exactly. So that means you're made, telling me yeah. basically that God needs me to buy blessings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. God is not a pimp. That's definitely um, a si- not a situation, but that's definitely a conversation that goes unnoticed because, you know, they, they can't spend your money for you. But I always go back to um, Malachi where, you know, it says, you know, the God loves a cheerful giver. You know, someone is not, mm-hmm. you know, out of necessity or, you know, giving grudgingly. Uh, yep. And if you're not at a place where I'm giving because that that's grudgingly given. That's grudgingly, yeah. And it says that I may open up a window and pour you out a blessing you don't have room to receive. So it's like you have to learn even going back to, once again, the relationships. What are you giving? How are you giving it? Mm. Because mm. if you're giving it a certain way, you're not going to yield a good, re- you know, result. Like yep. if I'm giving, like I'm just giving because... No, your heart's not in it. Like right. It goes back to relationships and friendships as well. If exactly. I'm not, if I'm giving grudgingly because be, mm-hmm. I'm just out of obligation, yep. you're not gonna. Yeah, when you have your situations, they're not gonna be around. 
because you didn't sow out of your heart. <laughs> you didn't sow genuinely. So it, it, it all, once again, like I said, the natural always coincide what takes place or what could take place in the spirit. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the way that we perceive what we think the spirit is, like the word of God. I mean, it's the word is the word, but people perceive it differently. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they receive it differently. Yes. So if, if you, my pastor, is preaching and you're giving me the word, but I don't receive it the way that you perceive it to be, I receive it as a negative. You think you're preaching the right thing to do. And then you're making me feel negatively about what you're saying, about giving, about, you know, sowing mm-hmm. seeds. I mean, that's that defeats the purpose of even, you know, me being here. Mm. Because I'm not going to, I don't feel like I received the positive word. I feel like you're condemning me. I feel like you're making me do things that, you know, and then you don't explain why. And a lot of times pastors really don't express why, why you should give. They just ask. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's why people are in limbo. And that's why this, such, this is such a topic today about sowing seeds and giving. If you're just honest with people. Definitely. I think that would yield more than just, you know, trying to manipulate them and say, God said, do this. And God said, mm-hmm. do that. And I know and, a pastor that does that. He he will say, OK, you know, right now I know it's summer. And I know, but we need this and that to do da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. This is what we need. This mm-hmm. this is the budget. This is the and this pastor actually every single year he does a PowerPoint presentation. Yes. He takes the everything the church earned. And breaks it up and shows everybody. I mean, I have never... He said to me, he said, even when accountants look at his books, they're amazed. They're like, wow, we've never seen such great bookkeeping in churches. You know? And um, he... he. So that's why I said, we're not, this is not all churches or whatever. Because this person I know is a pastor. And he was some, come look, I need, we need this, we need this. And I was like, okay. And then he said, then people will give. Because like you said, being honest, being authentic, and not trying to coat it in some spiritual mumbo yeah. jumbo. Yeah. <laughs> That's how um, the church that I attend, the ministry that I attend, same way, um, pastor comes out like, you know, we have a need, we have a need, we're trying to meet this goal. And you mm-hmm. should see how the people give once again because they know what they're giving to. Like, Yes. I mean, and, you know, you don't say it properly, like, but I know that the place that I'm at, you know, um, spiritually, um, I've also learned, like, when you have a clenched fist, nothing's coming in, nothing's coming out. Mm. So it's like when you learn to release and give more is going to possibly come in yes so it's like you know learning how to knowing once again it goes back to what you were saying if you know where their money's going when they raise these offerings it's like it's amazing how people are willing to give yeah. when they know where yes, they're giving exactly to. that's just like so. shopping online like i know i'm <laughs> gonna buy this you know pair of jeans like i know where my money going and i know when i give my money i'm getting this mm-hmm. you know so it's an even exchange. A lot of people don't mind giving. We don't. Mm-hmm. We are consumers by nature. Like we, yeah, love, you know, to exchanging give money and, yep. for yeah, things. exactly. So if we yep. can yep. see, you know, the fruit from our money that we're sowing, from the seed that we're sowing, mm-hmm. I don't think people will have a problem. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I remember actually sowing half of uh, refund checks to building funds and mm-hmm. projects, mm-hmm. and I never saw. Um, the fruition of those things. <laughs> so it, it, it's kind of <laughs> years later as an adult, I'm prone to give now, but like I've literally been part of ministries where it was just like, Oh, once again, that whole obligation, you're one of my frontline people. We need a thousand dollars. I'm just like, uh, I don't ironically, we would have these fundraiser drives around refund check time when I was a student. And you know, I gave, but I had to learn. Yeah. That's why I literally learned, um, how to sew. Um, once again, it goes into friendships, whatever. You have to learn when to 
deposit things um, because everything is not meant for you to take on. To sow yes. into. Everything's not meant for you to sow into. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, some, and I, I, at one point I did feel bad when, you know, um, leaders were like, there's a $25, $100, and I had the money and I would feel like, oh, I have it, but I just don't feel like giving it but i had to learn that you have free will you, you can't <laughs> you really can't beat yeah. yourself up if you're not feeling convicted to give yes. or you feeling god pulling at your you know heartstrings mm-hmm. or you know pulling at your strings to give you don't have to feel bad about it no you don't no because and this it still is, is your money and this is really good because at the end of the day what i'm what i'm hearing what we're talking about is a trust factor mm. um within the leadership of the churches that we attend and um, effective communication. You know, we feel comfortable when we can see, okay, I sold into this and this is exactly what's being done with it. Mm-hmm. And so even what you were saying, Shola, about how your pastor actually, you know, creates a, a PowerPoint presentation and shares where the money is going, you know, that allows for you to understand that you are really attending a church that is full of integrity and fears God, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it makes you more like, okay, I can sell because I know where it's going. And so, um, I think a lot of times when, especially when you're a babe in Christ, you're so excited about the word of God and you're so excited about, you know, the relationship that you're building with him and Mm -hmm. you don't understand that, you do have free will one and what it really looks like to be spirit led to so you know so some and i and i look back on even my experience how there was times where i just sold because i had it and i my faith was off the chain because i was just new to you know understanding the things of god and mm-hmm. once i started to really mature in that thing you know it's okay I don't have to sow every time that there is an altar call to sow for yeah. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so now I've matured my maturity has taken place. And so now I'm led to sow when I feel like it, you know, um, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, God's going to bless you regardless yes yeah you have to you know he's a father he's a father not a pimp not (laughs) that's a that's a t-shirt so because she's so passionate about he's not (laughs) he ain't no pimp (laughs) i can see a pimp slapping the head i don't know Uh, i'm done um but just understanding that um maturity is a part of your walk with God yes, and to understand that do some scripture research for yourself in reference to sewing and understanding what that really looks Means. like, mm. because there's so many times that we're like, I'm going to sew, I'm going to sew, I'm going to sew. Okay. That's great. But what are you sewing into? Mm. I see you like you and, really talk. And then another thing, and once again, I just think back of, um, the mindset, it goes always back to the mindset. Yeah, I grew up Baptist, and it was like, you know, yeah, when it's offer time, you would grab a dollar, five dollars. And then you don't realize, you know, working on the flip side that, you know, it's, it's a business, but yet it's still, there's still bills and things that need to be paid. Page. So it goes back to that. It's all in your mindset. Like, once again, you get out what you put in. Like, I, I've learned, um, and I'm grateful for, you know, the whole mindset shift when it relates to, as it relates to giving, because my prayer has changed. God, make me, you know, I know my pastor always teach us, you know, our prayer should be, you know, um, make me one of the top tithers in the church. 
you know, and I've learned how to tithe again. And I've, I've learned because there was a period where I didn't tithe because I just didn't have the money to. I made sure my bills were paid and then I would tithe, you know, off of what I had left. But I had to flip that because once again, it's a mindset. And I, I my prayer has become, God, let me be one of the ones that help fund and do things for the kingdom. It, where, make it to the point that all of my needs are met to the point so I can make the needs of other people being met. Yeah. And that's where yeah. you're... It, it, it turns because you know yeah you're, you're selfish when you don't give and i understand you know the yeah the the way that the church presents you know things mm-hmm. plays a major factor but once again when i know where my money's going i know okay this is my prayer being answered mm. i'm meeting the needs of people, people by yes. me giving a sometimes out of my lack and my sacrifice mm-hmm. but sometimes when i have it to give i'm going to give because this is my prayer being answered i want to yeah. help fund you know yeah granted yeah. i may not see you know, the the team that are out there feeding these people or putting clothes on these people back, but yet and still I know that the money I, you know, gave is going towards that. I'm more to give now and I hate to say it, I'm more prone to give to my church when I they have these needs more so than giving it to someone on the street because, you know, our experience where I will give you money or, you know, I'm hungry and I invite you, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and buy you a meal instead of give you money. Well I don't want it. What whoa, hold on. You're asking for my money for a meal. I want to get you a meal instead of give you my money. And now, you know, so it's like I'm prone to give because I know the setup is they come in to get what they need more mm-hmm. so than we're just passing out cash. Yeah. So it's like it's so many different components. Well, yeah, I work hard for my money. I want to know where my money is going. Right. But yeah, it's still it's a principle that we're taught through the word that, you know, yeah, you give my 10 percent, but the 90 percent. I, that's mine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's where I believe a lot of the sacrifices and uh, the the cheerful giving and all that stuff come from because, yeah, my tithes is my obligation. That's my requirement. But what I do with the 90% is that one that I believe that will open up that window. Granted, God will bless you. He will meet my needs. He's a father, not a pimp. Mm-hmm. But yet it's still, <laughs> we have to, you know, we, we have to put now? ourselves <laughs> yes! put in, uh, put in that position. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, and what I'm just sitting here thinking is that when you guys brought up the point that church is a business. Um, just, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but church is a business. And I was thinking, like, okay, as us as members, we are in turn, like, investors. Wow. So wow. if you treat it as such, and not taking away from, you know, the spiritual side, but just yeah. educating your congregation and everybody there that you all, we are all the church. We are part of we the are church. We are in this together. Which, right. What you contribute will benefit everybody. Mm-hmm. So if we need this, like if you look at it that way and make it like a people thing instead of, you know, you have to give this and give that and I'm going to do whatever with the money. You don't know where it's going, but you should just give. Yeah. Like if you allow the people to be a part of, you know, even the financial side of things in church. And I think that's the thing. Like they want to keep it separate. Everybody has their position. Their titles, you know, I'm gonna delegate you to do this. You're over the money. You, you know, um, rehearse the choir, that type of thing. But you don't know where your contribution is going, yeah. and I, that's bad business to me. Yeah, you know, I'm not just gonna give you money, and I don't see a return on my investment. Yeah. And it's, I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to take away from the spiritual, spiritual side, side yeah. of it. But once you think about it that way, I think it'll actually benefit the church mm-hmm. more. This is good. This is good. Where your where's where your heart is, your treasury is also, or your yeah. treasury is your heart is also. One or two, they Something both go like hand that. in hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah, I'm so quick, and I don't know. I just, I just being on the flip side, I think about that. Like you know, you 
like I said, when you go to a restaurant, you know what you, you order, you're going to expect that and you're going to pay. That's just how it is. And I believe mm-hmm. the church should be the same way. You have to have that mindset. Like if I, I know that there's a need, I'm giving my money It's going to, I, I want to see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's definitely, uh, a thing. And, and I, I'm grateful once again for the model ministry that I'm at. Like my pastor does the same thing. You know, we know where every penny is headed and mm-hmm. it, it makes the world of a difference coming from a ministry where, like I said, I, I've gave at least $5,000 to that whole renovation, um, project, you name it. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'm still like, hmm. Emoji, there's nothing there. <laughs> oh, so this is like, yeah. I mean, the whole ministry is dissolved. But anyway, um, so yeah, it's just like you just I think to be about, careful and pray where you sow. I just put it that way. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's also about education because people perish for a lack of knowledge. knowledge. Yeah. And if we're not understanding, you know, what it takes, we're not going to be, like I said, we're not going to contribute. So, and that in turn will benefit us as a culture if we understand business. Like that's mm. that's the plus side yeah. as well. A lot of us, you know, entrepreneurs want to kickstart things, but we don't necessarily know how. Mm-hmm. You know, especially as Black people. So, I feel like if we, you know, take the time to educate ourselves and really come together, contribute, invest, and make things the way that they should be, we will flourish. Yeah, definitely. So good, so good. We have about two minutes left, so. Let's say goodbye to Facebook very quickly, everyone. Hi, Facebook. Thanks for tuning in on Facebook. We appreciate (laughs) (laughs) y'all. So, one of the things that, um, wow, I love that God um, brought us together. Yes, (laughs) for sure. And what I love is that, um, let me thank Gabby and and Isha because when I come up with some of these ideas and I'm like well I really feel like this is what God is saying and da 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 they don't trip they just roll with the punches there you go and they support in major ways and um, I'm looking at even on Facebook you know we had 150 views on this topic really just in the couple minutes that 44 minutes that we were talking Mm -hmm. and so you know um what I didn't, sh- what I I shared off the air last time that we, I don't know if you were here. And, oh yeah, you were here, Shola. Last time we talked about this subject, um, immediately afterwards, uh, warfare was just busy. I mean, the enemy is busy, especially when you talk about topics as such to shake his kingdom mm-hmm. and bringing knowledge to people, and also. Allowing for people to really reflect on what's going on mm-hmm. that can shift his kingdom. And so, you know, thankful that we do have these opportunities to um, bring that knowledge to the listeners and gain their feedback because um, the world is changing every second of the day. Um, Every moment there's something that's going on. Mm -hmm. And when you think about kingdom, kingdom isn't the same as it was last year, 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. And it's as if that we need to be so in tune with what God is sharing with us 
and not to sit on it because Mm -hmm. there's people around us that need what's in us in reference to what God is speaking. And so Church Unplugged is starting to have a really sensitive place in my heart because um, I'm realizing this isn't just a three o'clock, four o'clock download from God. Um, He really wants us to be aware of what is going on inside of the four walls of what people were calling church Mm -hmm. and understanding that it really starts with us. We are the church. Yes. Um, We are the church. We are the church. It's not the building. It's not the building. Mm -hmm. It's It's the people. It's us. And so just understanding that um, topics like this need to be talked about Mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. Um, And I believe topics as as such would bring so much more awareness to people who are struggling with church. Mm-hmm. And um, even those who are connecting to churches, you know, it's one thing, <laughs> I almost did my voice. It's one thing to understand the mission and the pillars of a church so you can go through a program in order to mm-hmm. serve the church. Um, and I get that that's protocol. It is important to understand, you know, what type of church you attend. I get all that. What I don't get is that why do we shove people into the role of they have to serve? You don't have to serve. If that's not it, you might be serving outside of the four walls. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because uh, sometimes inside the four walls gets too crowded. There's so many people and, Ooh-wee. you know. Yeah, I mean, so take that gift God has given you. Learn what you need to learn from church and go out into go the out. streets. The Bible, street. Jesus said, go ye into the world. He didn't say hide in your building and pray for everybody to come in there. He said, go ye into the world. Did Jesus ever build a building? And no, I have nothing against buildings. However... It's very important to realize that the people are the church and not you gathering yourselves in the building, doing kumbaya, and then going to a, back to a life that is not changing anyone on the outside. I look at the church as a gas station. You go, wow. you get the fuel that you need to go back into the world for your journey. You know, it's like, yeah, you gas mm-hmm. up before you get on any journey, any road, yep. you gas up. So it's yes. good to go with the full tank. So I believe that the church should be that fueling station. So if you come to church and you're being drained, that means you probably need to pull away. And that's why I'm really grateful for the place that I serve, that it's enough of us that serve that you're not drained. My pastor really preaches or pushes, not preaches, but he pushes the non-burnout. Like you make more hands, light work. And that has really been a great model. Um, And I've learned how to say yes. And I've literally learned how to say no. Mm -hmm. So it's like you say, when it comes to the building, I believe that that should be that fueling station. You go there, you get what you need to help equip you to be more effective in your journey throughout the week. Then you come back Sunday again, you know? So it's like, that's how I look or view the churches that that's that fueling station. Yeah. Granted, you know, you have the people like myself and other people that comes and pour, but yet and still we're in a position or been placed in a position, I believe by God, to be able to do that. I have the opportunity to be a blessing to teens, you know, mm. consistently. And it's a blessing because I find when I am teaching or when I'm doing things, I'm still learning. And I, I, I have to, I had to learn um, this second time around in ministry that hmm. I can gain um, so much by actually pouring. Mm-hmm. So it's like I had to minister mm-hmm. to myself 
or allow God to minister to me before I can minister to someone else. So when yeah. I'm pointing to you and giving you, it's like, man, wow, I need to hear this myself right. to rebuild my faith. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So just yeah. like it's it's yeah. it's a re, it's at the end of the day, it's a refueling. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And if it's draining, that's when you need to pull back and ask God, okay. Uh, Am I doing too much? Because it's becoming a chore. A passion Mm -hmm. of mine is becoming a chore. Yep. And that becomes that I'm serving out of an obligation because someone asked me, not because my heart. And then it goes to that scripture once again. What comes from the heart reaches the heart. And then the hurt people hurt people. There's so many domino effects. And it goes back to the beginning of the conversation. If you don't address it, Mm. it's going to become a cycle. cycle. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's a dangerous place. For everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Been there. Wow, this has been so rich. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for taking the time to come in. Thank you so much for um, having us. Absolutely. So one of, one of the things I want to mention before we leave is if you enjoyed the conversation um, or if you feel like you are one who can join the conversation, um, let us know. Shoot us an email at um, vt ws vault talks women share that's what that stands for so vtws at vosint.com and also follow us on instagram at vault underscore talks underscore women underscore share um wow i don't i'm like almost speechless i don't know what to say um this was a very great conversation mm-hmm. much needed i can definitely see us coming back to the table and talking about forgiveness and leadership those are some areas that definitely need to be talked about um, and forgiving leadership <laughs> sign yeah. me up for that one please yeah. now that one yeah so one thing i don't do enough is that vault talks women share is really on the move and we're really excited about the opportunities that have been afforded to us and that we're creating as well so july 20th um and every third saturday after for the next couple of months you can join us as we will be at bronze beauty chicago we're starting our sister circle talks from four to six and so it's really yeah it's exciting you know it's needed just to be able to gather as women sisters um empower one another around different topics so on july 20th um we're going to be talking about beauty is not the beast and so talking about um makeup and what does that look like and um a lot of times women put on makeup to hide and cover and mask up who they really are instead of really embracing the beauty before makeup. Makeup is to enhance beauty, not to create beauty. So really, you know, conversations like that to have as women. So look out for the Eventbrite that'll be shared all over my Facebook page. We'll make sure to share that on our Instagram page. And if we have your email address, we can send you the email blast as well. So really taking Vault Talks Women Share outside of the radio show, which is exciting. We've been talking about that for a minute now. Mm. And so now it's um, the opportunity has been afforded to us to make things happen outside of the community. So we're really excited about what's going on and knowing that there is a need for women to come together, share, collaborate, empower one another. And so um, July 20th, mark your calendars, 4 to 6, Bronze Beauty Chicago. Um, And if you don't know, um, Bronze Beauty Chicago is... One of the only, if not the only, 
Um, it's a naturalist beauty supply boutique and salon. So they do all things natural in there from selling vegan nail polish to um, selling all kinds of different products that are natural for you to care for your hair and your body. So really excited that we have that collaboration with them. Um, let's see. What else do I forget about? Um, one more thing. If you don't know, now you know. I wear many hats with my business and my brand. Um, God has afforded me the opportunity. Actually, he kind of pushed me into it. He, he made the situation come up, and it was like, ooh, I was sitting on a gift. Um, so I publish books now, which I'm really excited about. Um, so I coach people through the process of how to get their book out there. And then I have a team um, from graphics, website design, and editors that we all come together and help people publish their books. And so really excited. Um, I have a new book coming out. It's a journal. It's called Jot the Journey. And I've been sitting on it for a little bit. That's all I'm going to say. And um, finally have that coming out. But I'm really excited. I've been working with one of my clients and her book signing is August. No, August 30th, and she's from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and so, yeah. What? Cool. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, she's from Mississippi, and so we're really excited. Everything's coming together. So I say all that to say, if you're sitting on a story, fiction or nonfiction, even um, poetry, I've helped people arrange their books of um, spoken word. And so, um, false publishing is in full effect yes i can i can proudly say that thank you so it's voss publishing at vosint.com so if you need a writing coach if you have a book that you literally have that's sitting in five thousand notebooks that you need um me to help you get things together along with my team let us know we're really excited to serve so anything else any parting words from anybody shola what do you have going on in your world a whole lot Yeah, so um, the last time I came, I was talking about my new book, Physician Heal Yourself. Yes. Um, Although written for doctors, many people say that it's, hey, this book isn't just for doctors. It helps everybody. So buy buy one for yourself, buy one for your doctor, because physician burnout is a real thing. Mm. Um, Burnout actually has been recognized by the WHO as a diagnosis now. So um, I'm hoping to get the word out there. Burnout is real. It's, you know, it. It ha- the the health effects are horrible, mm-hmm. up to and including suicide, mental illness, even physical <gasps> illness. Yeah. And physicians have a very, very high rate of burnout in some studies, wow. up to 78%. So, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, so Physician Heal Yourself, go to my website, shalaezeokoli.com, S-H-O-L-A-E-Z-E-O-K-O-L-I.com, and buy one for yourself and one for your doctor. Mm-hmm. Jerome? Yep. I have no product, however. No, <laughs> no just um, just want to just you know um, say to those that are listening, um, share your story. Um, that's the only way, uh, only way you can overcome. Yes. Um, as I said earlier, the scripture in the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So if you're not sharing um, or addressing situations, you're just constantly reliving them. Um, and there's someone waiting on your um, testimony to be told. Because um, they may be dealing with that same thing, and that's the body. You know, the the role of the body of Christ is to help equip, and as I said earlier, um, to refuel one another, so we can fight with each other and not against each other. So, 
Yes. It is. My, my, my. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) But no, yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of what um, he was saying. It's just like, don't be afraid to speak up. Because even with the church unplugged thing, I know a lot of people are thinking the exact things that we are saying, but they never had the courage to to voice any of their apparent, uh, opinions, especially when it comes to the church or, you know, any situation in life. So, you know, definitely don't be afraid to, um, like you said, share your story. It matters. I mean, it really does. I mean, that's how people get set free. Church stories matter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me change the name of that segment. Because <laughs> uh, I like that. Yeah. That's good. So, again, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Vault Talks Women Share. We'll be back next. Is it, was it you? Maybe. Uh, we'll be back next week for sure. Um, Dope Dads is back in effect for one more week. I'm really thinking about doing something different with Dope Dads. I think we might need to do that once a month. Just thinking. Mm. It's a way to get a man's perspective yeah. on the show and to honor them as men. Absolutely. Yeah, so Dope Dads will be in full effect. We'll have a guest speaker um, more than likely calling in and sharing his story on how he's a dope dad. So we're um, moving this train forward. Vault Talks Women Share the Radio Show. Yay. I'm excited. Are you really? I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have Gabby back next week, too. And so just really excited. I'm really, really full right now. I really don't have much to say. Just really pondering on everything that was shared, especially. Uh, man, conversations like this need to happen more often. Mm-hmm. And I and I can tell by I was reading some of the comments. um, this is something that needs to be talked about for sure. And I'm thankful that we're stepping out and being the ones to talk about it. So with that being said, Vault Talks Women Share the Radio Show is out. Have a beautiful Saturday. Thank you. Bye. 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 Let's talk about this.